For those of you who maybe don't know me, my name's Rich, um, and uh, I'm one of the members here at Colchester Road, um, and um, I'm a youth worker, um, but I'm exploring um, kind of becoming a minister. Um, And uh, as Steph said um, a little bit um, earlier on, this afternoon we had um, a jamming afternoon, uh, an opportunity for kind of some of the musicians um, that play um, at church to kind of just get together and rather than just, we usually try and practice on a Thursday evening um, and um, sometimes that works out, sometimes we find that the people that are playing have all got other commitments and it's not going to work out. Um, but usually it's kind of, right, we've got the songs um, for the two services that we've got coming up on that Sunday. We kind of go through them all um, and thought, actually, it'd be nice just to enjoy some time, play music together, doing different things. Um, and so we had, you know, it was quite a nice, relaxed afternoon. And therefore, because we'd kind of been having some time um, playing music and jamming and worshipping, um, I thought it would be appropriate to kind of carry on the theme. Um, and uh, you may have picked up from the two readings um, that this evening I'm going to be talking about worship. Um, now, a short time ago, I can't remember how long ago, Neil um, preached um, a, um, uh, a service where he talked about the different names of God. Um, and he set a little, um, I suppose, a little challenge, if you like, um, or just a bit of encouragement um, to um, think about, in our prayer lives, some of the different names that um, God uh, has uh, within the Bible. Um, so if we have the next slide up. So these are some of them. You may remember this list. This isn't the exact list that Neil gave because I didn't get a copy of that. This is me going onto Google, hunting around for a similar list. There's all sorts of names. In the Bible, there are all sorts of names um, given to God um, and they all have um, different meanings. Um, So you've got some uh, various examples there um, and they've got biblical references. So Elohim meaning God, a reference to God's power and might. Adonai meaning Lord, a reference to the Lordship of God, and so on and so forth. Many of you um, will remember, hopefully, Neil um, talking about um, those names and suggesting, perhaps, that actually when we're praying, that we might, rather than as we often do, we might say, uh, Lord, I want to pray for whatever it might be, or Father, I pray to you for, or um, come to you in the the Spirit, that we might actually... um, Use some of the names that are here. So, you know, you might be thinking about the future. Amy and I are thinking about the future a lot at the moment um, as we're um, exploring ministry and um, we are expecting our first child. I say we are expecting. I like how it's a plural. Um, it's very much Amy's doing all of the work at the moment. Um, And so we're thinking about the future and we're thinking, oh goodness me, there's going to be a lot of changes. Um, And so maybe it's appropriate for us to think about how we pray and to pray using um, perhaps um, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Um, And I've been challenged by that um, and um, don't know that I've particularly taken it on board as much as maybe I could do. But I've been challenged. I I thought it was quite interesting what Neil had said about actually not just using the names that we've become kind of comfortable with and used to, but thinking about, actually, what are the biblical names that God was given? 
and how can we use them? So I thought that was a, that was, it wasn't a kind, it's not a massive step, is it? It's just a little, when you're praying, actually changing one or two words. And then, um, I think it was Roger Barker led a service that was about worship a little while ago. And I think it was Karen that helped out, but it could have been that Karen led it and Roger helped out. I think it was Roger led it and Karen helped. Um, and we, over there, um, at that side, we had a load of kind of arts and craft type things. Um, and some people really kind of engaged in that. And some people, it was maybe not the most comfortable experience. But what um, Roger was um, kind of encouraging us to think about was actually... Singing's not the only way to worship. There are other ways. Um, uh, and it was quite helpful to have some kind of practical type things. Um, and then uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was over at um, Stoke Green Baptist Church and I was preaching there. It was New Year's Day. So it was um, the kind of services you expect New Year's Day, New Year's resolutions, what might your New Year's resolutions be kind of thing. And as you think about this coming year, um, what might that include? And um, I'd remembered a challenge that was made many years ago um, to me, um, and I included that. And that was, um, I'll give you the little challenge now, um, or encouragement, I suppose, um, that if you're looking at your um, spiritual New Year's resolution, and perhaps you think, I need to spend more time praying, need to spend more time reading the Bible, maybe more time having a quiet time, the challenge was, do five minutes more. Because if you, if you aren't doing anything and then you think, right, I'm going to do this, and you try and do half an hour a day, it won't be long before half an hour kind of disappears and it becomes a bit tricky. But five minutes more is a good start. And if you're doing an hour, then five minutes more is, should be fairly straightforward, one would think. So I was, I was kind of thinking through all these various little challenges that have kind of cropped up. Um, and um, I've been involved um, in the past year... Um, in Christianity Explored and the follow-on group that we had from Christianity Explored. And it's been interesting spending time with people who um, are new to church and new to Christianity. Um, And some of the things that we do in church, people don't necessarily understand if they're new. And so we had some interesting conversations about communion. Um, You know, what was the whole deal with everyone, kind of these little glasses being passed back and forth? Um, And that's different from some people have been to churches where everyone came to the front. And so that kind of, those things have got me challenged. Um, And as I say, Amy and I are expecting our first child. So we've been thinking about actually what are the things that we want to have that are going on in our life so that our child, and maybe eventually children, um, will not only come to know Christ, but actually kind of be discipled and they will grow in their faith um, and all that kind of thing. And I've then read, well, I've read various things, um, but one of them was Psalm 95. Uh, and just a bit of it there. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That bit, fair enough, we do that. We do that quite a lot in church. The whole, we sing for joy. I don't know that we shout aloud a lot, but, you know, we... I'll leave that for your discretion. In some churches, I think they probably shout aloud a bit more. Um, and we try and come before him with thanksgiving and we extol him 
uh, with music and song. We've got a fantastic band, there's lots of people that are involved, um, and we have a lot of music. For God is the great God, the king, the great king of all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship and kneel before the Lord, our God. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And I got thinking, actually, there's various references throughout the Bible about the posture that people take in worship. And we don't really think about that very much. I don't know the last time that I physically bowed down in worship. So I thought I would add to the series of challenges um, and maybe encouragements and ways to kind of deepen our faith, to think a little bit about the posture that we take in worship. So, um, what I don't want you to be thinking is this. I found this, I don't know when somebody sent this to me, but I got it saved on my computer and just came across it. Um, And somebody had drawn out the moves for worship, and you probably can't read them all, um, but you may well have seen some of those. Um, and I particularly, for those of you who are Spring Harvest attenders, for those of you who don't know, Spring Harvest um, is um, a Christian gathering that takes place at Butlins um, at Easter time. And when I was growing up, there was a particular worship move um, that involved clapping. It was the only place you'd ever see clapping that went from side to side and then down at the bottom and then up again. And you'd clap like this. And then you'd go into name of the Lord is a strong tower, and whatever it might be. Um, and, and some people have got memories of that, and maybe you've got kind of hideous, um, cringe-worthy memories of the things that people do um, during worship times in church. Now, I don't kind of want to encourage anything that's too weird and radical and out there, but there are things that actually that we do in this church, maybe some people do it more than others, that people... Um, did in the Old Testament um, and the New Testament. But also, we, in our church worship group, to make things nice and easy for us, because there are, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of worship songs um, that, that we may be able to choose from. Um, and we found over time that if we just say, choose any song, that will sometimes come on a Thursday night to our worship band practice and go... Does anyone know this one? I don't know this one. Do you know this one? Have we got it in one of our books? And we've got The Source, which is a series of um, books, uh, resources with the music in and the words and the chords and all that sort of thing. We've got Songs of Fellowship. There's probably Mission Praise buried somewhere in the cupboard. Um, And there's probably um, people here that can remember whatever preceded Mission Praise. Um, I don't know what it was. So what happened um, a short time ago, it's probably probably about a year ago now, I'm looking at Gordon because he's kind of been involved in it, Um, probably about a year ago, as we were moving back into, well, into our new church building, we'd gone through and as um, those involved in worship, it's actually what are the songs that we want to have as our kind of core basis of um, worship songs so that we know them, hopefully that means the congregation might know them, but then when people are choosing songs they might be able to choose from the folder. Now I've 
thankfully, and I think the folder's been added to, but I don't know if the um, spreadsheet has. Now, there are, in, in the list of songs, it was supposed to be 100 to start with, and then it was going to be 150 or something. There's actually 169. Um, and so we've got a list of down, and we've got whether it's uh, from the source or from Songs of Fellowship, so if we've not got quite the right music for the right person, you can get that. Um, whether it's got the score, whether it's got the chords for the guitar and the bass, whether you've got the music for the saxophone, and so on and so forth. Very helpful. Very useful. Now, I went through, um, or I started to go through it, the folder, and what I came across, um, just starting in alphabetical order, first song on the list, um, was All I Once Held Dear. That has got no reference whatsoever to the posture that you might have in worship. Second song on the list was All to Jesus I Surrender. The second verse of which is All to Jesus I Surrender, Humbly at His Feet I Bow. Now, I don't know about you, but we've sung that song quite recently in church. I don't know the last time that you bowed humbly at anyone's feet, let alone Jesus's. Amazing Grace was next in the list. Didn't have any references to um, our posture. Next up was An an Army of Ordinary People, which got me struggling because I was thinking, this is supposed to be the folder of all the songs that we are supposed to know. I'm not sure that I know that one. But anyway, I read it anyway, um, and didn't go and look it up on YouTube. Um, and it came, I came across, it says, a people whose life is in Jesus, a nation, together we stand. Now, standing we do a lot of. We do a lot of standing in worship. We're good at standing up and singing worship songs. And can it be? Who's next? Bold, I approach the eternal throne. So the idea of approaching. Now, that's a bit trickier. I don't know how we'd kind of go about that one in church as we're all kind of walking forward. There are certain songs, um, probably from the 80s or 90s, late 80s, early 90s, that when um, there was March for Jesus, that probably had lots of marching going on. Um, And I can certainly think of some from my childhood. Um, And then I stopped when I, I kind of had done a few and thought, actually, about half of the songs that we sing have got reference to the posture that we might take. Um, And in some... Now, I had an experience... When I first moved to Ipswich, I was visiting various different churches because I didn't know where I was going to be living and um, wanted to choose somewhere that might be reasonably close to where I lived and was kind of getting a feel for the place. And I remember going to one church um, and um, there was a lady... um, about two or three rows in front of me. We'd all been singing. It was, it was absolutely fine. Had no problems uh, with the church. Um, and then and we were singing um, a song that has the lyrics, um, and as I wait, I rise up like an eagle. Um, some of you might know that song. Lord, I come to you. Um, and I will turn around for the benefit of what... Uh, for, so you can see what I saw, um, which I had to assume the um, position... Of uh, it looked like I was possibly um, praying. I got a fit of the giggles. And what happened was this: every time that it came, and this was, comes up frequently in the song. For those who don't know it, it, says, "And as I wait, I rise up like an eagle, and I will soar with you." And I, I lost it. it. Didn't help me in my worship. I don't know if it would help you, but it would happen every time, and there'd be no other actions, just that one. So I don't want to encourage 
you to be thinking, oh crumbs, we need to flap our arms or do anything silly, it's not like children's songs. But I just want to have a quick look at some of the references and some of the things that we might come across throughout the Bible. So first of all, standing. We do that. We're pretty good at standing. Um, But just to put it in a biblical context, Habakkuk, uh, in chapter 3, verse 2, says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Habakkuk stands in awe. I don't know uh, when you stand, if you stand in awe, whether you just stand because whoever's leading the service says, shall we stand? And you stand and you sing. Um, But we stand. We're good at standing. I'm not going to spend too much time focusing on standing. In 1 Kings 8, verse 54, the uh, temple has just been built. Um, And Solomon is uh, there. Uh, And Solomon was the king at the time in um, Israel. And um, they just uh, built the first temple uh, to God. It says, When Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling. We'll come to kneeling. With his hands spread out toward heaven. Now, that's something that we do do sometimes. You see it occasionally around church. It's one of the things that came up in some of our discussions when we were um, talking about uh, in, I can't remember if it was whether it was in Christianity Explored or in one of the groups afterwards or just chatting to one of the people that were involved. Why do people put their hands up? What is that about? I'm one of the people that does it sometimes. I'm not really a high-handed person. I'm more of a down-here-somewhere person. But have you ever thought about why you do that? I remember... As a teenager, our church was not a hands-in-the-air type of church, the church that I grew up in. We didn't do that. A few people did. And then we went to another church once, and everyone did it. And then we went to Spring Harvest, and people did it there. And I think we went to Cross Rhythms Music Festival as well, and we had a few hands-in-the-air there. And so as a youth group, we were kind of, we wanted to do it, but we were nervous. Didn't look, ooh. Is anyone else watching? And you could tell that there was a certain, in the row of young people, that there was a certain, I can sing, no one's looking, I've got my hand up, I've got my hand up. And then what would happen is one person would get their hand up and the rest of the row would go, they've got their hand up, they've got their hand, they've got that. they've got that. what do they do, I don't know, they've got their hand up. And after a while, people relaxed a little bit and we managed to do things with our hands. Anywhere else in your life do you ever do this? I, I've never had any sort of real weapon pointed at me, but I'm guessing I would do this in a kind of surrendering position. There's, there's, that's the first thing I think of when I've immediately gone, yeah, okay, I surrender, which is interesting, because I surrender to God. But the the place where I've actually done something like this and put my arms in the air is when I've been fortunate enough to travel a little bit and I got to stand under a waterfall. I got to swim under it and do all that kind of like, oh, it's a waterfall. And it was like big lake and big waterfall, lovely. And of course, you have to kind of just go under the waterfall and you're like, 
and water just pours over you. And I've been in places where the rain has come down so much that you just want to go outside and just let it pour over you. So I don't know if you've ever put your arms in the air and waved them around like you just don't care, but I would encourage you, if that's not something... I couldn't resist. (laughs) If that's something that you've not done, if you've not put your arms in the air when you've been worshipping God... It's not something you have to do. It's not a rule that you have to put your arms in the air to worship God. That, there aren't rules. There you go. For those who didn't hear, and for the benefit of the DVD and the CD, Gordon's just said, actually, when his three little girls come up to him, the thing that they do, because he's a giant and they're quite small, is that they run with their arms up. They run to grab their dad. So maybe when you're involved in worship and you're spending some time, it might be at home. It might be in church. If you do it in work, it's a bit weird. (laughs) But that action, it's just an action. But actually, sometimes these things help us to change what's going on in our heart and mind. So, arms up stretched. Next up. Now, I wasn't there when Solomon was doing the arms outstretched thing. So he could have had him up. He could have had him out in front, couldn't he? I don't know. He could have had it out like this. As soon as I did this, I was like, either this is a really big present, and we've just had Christmas, um, and I, I kind of had an image of, uh, I've got two nieces, um, and you know when you give children presents, it's the big one. It doesn't matter what it is, but something big. <gasps> Good it is. Or it's giving a really big present. And actually maybe the reason that you, or maybe that someone else, puts their arms out in front is because it helps with what's going on in here and what's going on in here to say actually, Lord, I give you me. I want to give you everything. I want to worship you and I just want to hand it over. Pour over me. I give you me. Maybe it's I want to take on a little bit more of you. Which leads to my next point. And I couldn't find a reference for this one, but this is one I do, so I thought I'd throw it in. Because it follows on for the gifts. And that was actually, rather than being all up here, being down here. And I don't know about you but if you have something like this this is something precious something small something you want to take care of maybe it's something very fragile and actually sometimes when we're saying to God God I want to give my all to you actually it's very painful because it's a very precious thing and you just want to say take care of it What we do have in the text that I mentioned from Solomon, and I said I'd come to it, was about kneeling. Solomon raised up. He stood from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling. So, if I kneel 
I don't know if I'm still on the... We've had problems with the uh, cameras, so I'm anxious about this now. Am I, in a reason, I don't know which way to move to be better on the camera. There we go. Um, so if I kneel... Now, it's interesting, isn't it? If you went to an old Anglican church, we've got... In Anglican churches, they often have knitted prayer cushions so that people can kneel comfortably. We don't very often kneel, do we? We've got kneel, but we don't very often do it ourselves. And kneeling's a very humbling thing to do. And I can kneel, I can kneel and be quite upright. I might kneel and be right down. I once did this, which meant something very different. I think I was about here, just to be on a kind of reasonable height and all that kind of stuff. And being on one knee means something very significant. And kneeling comes up quite a lot throughout the Bible. And it often coincides with bowing. Psalm 95 says, Come, let us worship. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. Do you have a bow? Now, I don't have, the image that I have when it says, come let us bow down in worship, I don't have. I just bow. That's, that's not the image that I have. Maybe that's what they were doing. And that's a lot of time like this. Arms, arms outstretched. I, I don't get that impression. I have more that it's the kind of on the knees and really bow down. It's something that we just don't do. At all in our society, it's not that we don't bow down just in church, we just... The only time I can think that we might bow is when it's like this at the end of a performance. Thank you, I've done a marvellous job in my acting. Um, Or if a member of royalty was to visit... And then, possibly, we might bow, or curtsy, I suppose, for the ladies. Very simple things. There are other positions as well. You might want to sit or lie. Unfortunately, I I didn't come across any biblical, um, worshipful references for saying, and then they sat and worshipped the Lord. I just didn't come across that. And there's probably a whole bunch of other postures that I've managed to miss out because I've just done a few. But what got me thinking was actually God is dad, he's father, we can run like this. God is, he's a friend. And I think Neil's phrase is that sometimes we've become a bit God almighty rather than a bit God almighty. And perhaps, and I wonder, if we sometimes need to bow and to kneel as we worship and remember that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King, the Father is our Creator.
But of course, it's not about our posture in the slightest. That's got absolutely nothing to do with it. There are things we can do, things we can um, use to help us as we want to grow deeper in our relationship with Christ. And just as Neil suggested previously, actually using the different names of Christ helps us to draw closer to him, for us to understand him, but for him also to draw closer to us. I suggest that perhaps our posture can also do that. But what it's really about is it's about what's going on in the heart. It doesn't matter how you stand, how you sit, whether you bow, where you are, whether you're at church or at home. What matters is where your heart is. There's uh, a minister in the States uh, called John Piper, and he's written various books. Um, and uh, I quite like what he says, generally. But in one of his books, and I think he said it once or twice in some of the sermons I've heard, he says this, Worship is the goal and the fuel of mission. Worship is the goal and the fuel of mission. Let me explain. The goal, because actually in mission, what you want, hopefully, is to go out, share the good news of Christ, that other people might hear that good news, become saved, and then worship. So the goal is that others may worship, but the fuel is when we worship. Because when we worship, that's when we really draw close to the heart of the Father when we get to know his heart. We want to do the things that he wants us to do. We maybe see the world through his eyes. We sung earlier, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I wonder what God sees when he looks out on Ipswich and I wonder if he has a plan for us to be involved in saving one or two people, introducing him to them and them to him. As a church, we've committed ourselves uh, to Christianity Explored. And we say, yeah, we want to see... We've, we've done the course once. It seemed to go okay. We might tweak little bits here and there, but let's do it again. We want to do things to get people into the church. We want to see this building not just full in the morning, but full in the evening. But not just full in the evening. We want to have to knock this building down and start again because this one's too small. Or to plant a church down the road somewhere. Or whatever it might be. That happens. When we worship God when we spend time in his presence because then we become infused, we get empowered and we want to go out and we want to share the good news. So I'm going to invite the band to come up and uh, we're going to sing our final song. But I want to encourage you in this. Neil encouraged us to pray using the different names of God to help to enable us to draw nearer to Christ and to deepen 
our relationships with him. Roger Barker encouraged us to think about how we worship. I threw out a little (coughs) challenge of maybe spending five minutes more each day. But I also add, when you're worshipping, when you're praying, maybe think about your posture. Because I think what your, where your heart is at can potentially show through how you position yourself. Let's stand and let's sing together. Or sit or kneel or pray. Deliberately, actually, I will say this. Deliberately, didn't put a long load of songs at the end. I was tempted to say to Steph, let's have loads of time of worship with songs that have got and lift your hands and all that sort of stuff. And actually, whilst I'm encouraging you to think about your posture, that doesn't now mean you all need to feel that you need to kneel, stand, lift your arms. It should be an ongoing thing. Amy um, has a little judgment for um, sermons. If it's a Monday sermon, it was all right. Because she's remembered it on a Monday. If it makes it to a Thursday sermon, it was pretty good because she's still thinking about it on Thursday and she's still going, "Mm, I wonder about that. Hopefully, whatever you hear in church, whether it's something I said, something we sung, something we prayed, there's something that ends up challenging you that you take away that doesn't just impact Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but beyond that. And so deliberately chose not to have a load of songs that were all lift your hands, kneel down, clap your hands, turn around, praise the Lord. Steph.